0: where you can actually go off and do your own thing this is the voice of reason with andy he's still going he's still going good golly they must have really juiced him up with a heck of a lot of steroids today because president joe biden's still going on. it's not a state of the union speech oh no we can't do that we don't have enough accomplishments to talk about a state of the union speech today so we're going to do an hour long two hour long press conference ramble on about absolutely nothing Actually, take some questions from different uh, media outlets, and then delay apparently the State of the Union till March. What the heck's going on today? What a wild one, man! We have officially sunk into one of our favorite segments. Let's go into the Biden basement. <laughs> And uh, one of my favorite, he's still not done, so we may pot it up live here in just a little bit. But uh, one of my favorite quotes so far from Joe Biden talking about Vladimir Putin and the Russians. So there's a lot's going to happen. But here's the thing. My conversation
1: with Putin and we've been, um, how can we say it? We have no
0: problem understanding one another. <laughs> he has no problem understanding me nor me, him. Yeah, well, I tell you what, if someone can comprehend what you're saying, then kudos to them, my friend. They're either right on your intellect level, which is not the highest level of IQ, or they have some special decoder that we just don't have. Welcome into the show. we got a lot to get to today here on The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live Out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Radio TV, live streaming, and the podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening, welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty. I don't want to waste any time. We have a lot to get to. We have two great guests today, not just one. At the bottom of the hour, we have Vince Ellison. He is author of the new book, 25 Lies, exposing Democrats' most dangerous, seductive, damnable, destructive lies, and how to refute them. So that'll be a great conversation with Vince coming up in just a little bit. But right now, coming right out of Washington, D.C., as he's trying to battle some of the shenanigans out there to kind of get a set on how 2021 uh, re-ended, how 2022 is looking, and, of course, the one-year anniversary of the Biden administration. I, I know. I know. I don't know if that's a an anniversary or a uh, memorial, but one way or the other, we're one year into the administration. Where have we come since then? Super excited to have on the program. He's a great friend. It's great to have him back on here from the fourth congressional district here uh, in the state of Kansas. My district here in the state of Kansas. It's Congressman Ron Estes with us here. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year.
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Andy, and Happy New Year to
0: you. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I'm glad that you're back up there, although I feel bad. There's a lot that we need to talk about, but Joe Biden's still rambling on right now. Again, there's been some of the most incoherent phrases that I've ever heard him do right now. He just continues to deteriorate. We've gone through an entire year. You guys have passed essentially like maybe one or two major bills. Everything else has failed. He's 0 for 2 in the last month with the Build Back Better and with the voting bill now. Overall, uh, grade level on what you think has uh, been the first year of the Biden administration?
1: Yeah, it, it's it's really a sad thing for America that uh, you know, 365 days uh, ago, you know, when you look back, I mean, the Biden administration has really just failed and, and been incompetent about everything they did, and whether it's handling the economy. I mean, we're now seeing this huge rise in prices that everybody's being hit with. You know, the whole handling of COVID nineteen. Uh, Even with vaccines available in 2021, there are more people that passed away from COVID in 2021 under the Biden administration than in 2020 before there was ever vaccines. You know, the whole national security concern has kind of gone on the back burner now that's not being talked about because all these other problems. I mean, the, the Biden administration intentionally stopped doing some things that were working. Uh, on our borders and protecting our country. And as a result, you know, we had, what, 1.7 million known people that have come into the United States uh, illegally uh, through through that process. In the foreign policies debacle, you, you could talk about the surrender and, and uh, running from Afghanistan, but just looking now and, you know, talking about, you know, this week it's uh, it's Ukraine. And, and Russia's poised to invade. I mean, they've got 100,000 troops on the border, and they're about to put another 75,000 troops there. The the and the administration doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. And uh, the sad part about it is they're they're not even standing up uh, and 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 acting like there's any strength in the administration, which is which is really what you need in in a good foreign policy. And uh, so I think you know everywhere you look. Uh, the Biden's gotten an F on everything over the over the last year, uh, whether it's you know, right out of the gate instead of he talked about unity. But, you know, just his divisive executive orders that very first day, uh, including shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline and, and halting leasing on, on of oil and gas on, on the federal lands. Uh, and basically what we see now is gas prices are up uh, over 50 percent uh, wow. from what they were a year ago simply because he stopped uh, uh, being able to have a production.
0: It's unbelievable. He's at one of the lowest approval ratings for a president one year into the administration than since we started recording these you know, daily and monthly tracking polls. Uh, he's bombing. Kamala Harris isn't any better as the vice president right now. They're trying to rebrand themselves going into the midterm elections, but it's because of these failed policies. Look, when the elections happen in, in uh, November with Virginia and some of the other states, and Republicans won in places where they weren't supposed to win, they said, well, it wasn't because their ideas are unpopular. It's because they weren't implementing them fast enough, which I still can't get over that mindset of how warped that actually is. But we saw it with the Build Back Better plan. Let's go back just to just a month or so ago when they tried to ram through the Build Back Better. Unfortunately, it passed through the House with you guys because you're outnumbered in the House Representatives. But even with the Senate uh, temporarily getting rid of a filibuster, You had two uh, Democrats that ended up stopping it. Joe Manchin, really the big one there. They still couldn't get it through. They looked foolish. Now they failed with the voting bill that just, they tried to ram through just a couple of days ago as well. Their, their agenda is just extremely unpopular, even for the Democrat base. And it's really interesting to see them try to not, not try to shy away from it, but double down going into a midterm saying, this is what people want. We just have to find a new way to do it.
1: Yeah, it really is. I mean, the, the, the Biden's approval rating is thirty three percent, which is which is the lowest of anybody in the in the first year. And and in fact, I mean President Nixon was at thirty six percent when he boarded the helicopter after his resignation. So if that, that gives you any comparison of how bad the country thinks about uh what uh what Joe Biden's doing as, as president over the last year and 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 you know just the, the whole failure they they basically Instead of implementing good policies, tried to put all of these bad ideas in place, and and we're suffering the consequences- I mean, American citizens are suffering the consequences. That the 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 one point nine trillion dollar Biden bill that they they called the American Rescue Act. They they tried to use COVID as a cover to to spend a bunch of money, and now we're seeing inflation at seven yeah. percent, primarily because they're just throwing so much money out there that has no purpose. Uh, it really wasn't needed. I mean, I, I'll make the argument that we needed to pass some of the legislation we did in early 2020 when, when, when COVID first hit, but it was done in a bipartisan fashion. When uh, we, you know, we had a Republican president, and it was done with Republicans and Democrats working together, and, and now the Democrats are just wanting to, to control the power of everything and dictate what happens. And we're seeing we're seeing failures out of that because that's not what the American people want.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's talk about some of the finances. And you're right right now sitting at seven percent inflation year over year for for January, which is uh, just insane. Let's talk about Build Back Better for a second. During the press conference today that's still ongoing, the the president did say that they're trying to find new ways to pass it by potentially breaking it up and doing it in different sections. They're talking about maybe trying to do another potential stimulus package for COVID for business and trying to tie that in in some way, shape, or form. What have you heard being on the Ways and Means Committee right now and really dealing with a lot of budgetary and financial issues are they going to try and bring some of this back? I know one of their big foundational moments that they wanted to be prideful of was this child tax credit that's really nothing more than a universal basic income. Has that been brought up, and are they going to try and introduce this in a different way?
1: Yeah, that that's really what, what the big push is, is that they're trying to create this false marketing story about how good things are. And, you know, as you said, I mean, the, the – The prepayment of child tax credit is basically part of their national income strategy, where basically just because you're alive, you get a check. And, you know, I used to say that uh, just because you're a citizen, you get a check, but I'm not sure. But that's not really the policy they want to promote through that. And, and what it's done is it's hurt the economy. I mean, we, we, we have so many businesses, even, even ones that have restricted business because of COVID constraints, they can't find workers because people are being paid so much money through different programs that there's less incentive to go to work. And, you know, the um, we talked about it in our Ways and Means meeting today about let's get an update on, you know, the, the calculation that was done a couple of years ago that uh, does a comparable uh, of how much income uh, a, a, a single parent of two kids would, would need to earn if they were to offset the the uh, giveaway programs. And, and two years ago, it was about $69,000 as pay for a job to offset the benefits that they were being given. And now with all the the COVID, some of it was justified, but the the, the add-ons and everything else and the markups and, and plus-ups and, and extra paychecks has, has gone into uh, raising that, that uh, amount of money that's going as handouts. And, and that's that's not the American way. I mean, we, want, we, we expect people to to, uh, to care for themselves and to take the opportunities that they have. to to do as much as they want for themselves and for their family. And, you know, these programs are really just big government control, which uh, sets up uh, allowing the Democrats to view themselves as the the leaders that control the government uh, and then tell people what they can do and and. Uh, you know, where where you can work and what you can do and how you can do it.
0: Yeah, well, not just individuals, but the states as well. When they're receiving these massive bailouts for the states and they're just getting all this COVID relief funding and they're just getting all this money from the federal government and all these expansion of social programs, the states aren't able to make their own individual choices as well because it's really just the mob mentality of, oh, you accepted our money, now you can't do what you want to do policy-wise or else we'll pull that funding away from you.
1: That's right. and And, you know, the states really... They didn't need direct money through through uh, the latter COVID programs that were out there because the states ended 2020 um, with uh, they were I think it was 94 or 95 percent of the revenue that they'd had the previous year. So a lot of the money that came into their coffers through 2020 and and now even more in 2021 were additional money. So if you look at I mean, you look at in Kansas there's a, a huge slush fund of money that's out there uh, that the state has to spend, um, and it 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 was it was ramrodded through as part of the formula. The formula was actually changed to weight it specifically towards uh, Democrat states uh, by uh, and instead of doing it uh, proportionally by population uh they they designed designed it to to work towards uh, uh the democrat states and and it it's uh it's a sad state that that much money's been taken and and yeah. thrown out into the
0: just yeah, just thrown into the pool and say, "Here you go." We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes, the fourth congressional district right here in the state of Kansas. Where I'm based out of for our flagship station. Let's take a break real quick. Gotta take a hard break. When we come back, I want to do an outlook for 2022. What we could see going into a midterm election. Can Democrats revive their low approval ratings right now, and how can Republicans uh, utilize this opportunity to try and actually promote our agenda a little the bit? Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
1: You're listening to The Voice of Reason
0: with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio TV live streaming and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, we're hanging out right now with Congressman Ron Estes, My man right here in the 4th District of Kansas, my home district in our flagship area, on the Ways and Means Committee, dealing with some of the shenanigans going on in Washington, D.C. Congressman, let's talk about the moving forward of this year. Obviously, we have a huge opportunity as Republicans. We've done well blocking what we can, at least in the Senate side. You guys on the House side have obviously been very difficult. You guys, they can ram through stuff on theirs even with a partisan vote, which happened with the voting bill just a couple of days ago as well. But from what you've heard, what's on the slate for the next few months, and what is the goal of Democrats going into midterms to try and salvage their poor approval ratings right now?
1: Yeah, you're, you're right. I I, I think uh, coming up this year that uh, Speaker Pelosi is going to have a lot of messaging bills trying to uh, – figure out if if they can uh, ramrod something that they can then uh, spin as propaganda. And that's that's a little bit of the approach that they took with that that last version of the national takeover of elections um, was uh, was partially was a messaging bill, partly was was to give the Senate uh, another uh, politicized opportunity to to talk about. Uh, what really is a national takeover election? I mean, it's it's been called a voting rights bill, but it's really a national takeover. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when we look going forward uh, in the midterm elections, particularly the first one for president, uh, typically their party loses uh, twenty-seven to twenty-nine seats uh, on the average, and and so I, I really expect that there's there's going to be a lot of, of conversations around, you know, as Republicans, this is what. We will do uh, being in the majority in the House of Representatives next year and, and focusing on just the, the conversation that the Democrats can come back to are talking about, you know, the, the same tried and true big government programs, uh, you know, inflation's not going away. It's only going to get worse. Uh, we still have big issues on the southern border and with the, the drugs and the human trafficking that are, that are just being ramped up uh, through that. So there's there's a, uh, the Democrats are going to try to come back with how, how do you come up and spin some propaganda around what's going on, as opposed to the truth that they they have to face where they are.
0: Yeah. Well, the crazy part is that they've had an entire year of a majority in both chambers to be able to ram through some of this stuff, especially talking about the border. They've had an opportunity to change things at the border. They haven't. They put Kamala Harris in charge of it and she failed miserably, didn't even go to the border, really, to talk about any of this stuff. I mean, it just shows their record right now, where they haven't done anything. You're right, and I think that if Republicans continue to expose that, then we can win. Man, is it going to be nice? I mean, I'm optimistic. I don't know about you, Congressman. I'm optimistic about the Senate and the House being taken over by Republicans in November to be able to really make him stagnant going into his last two years.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really optimistic as well. Uh, particularly the House, uh, much more so than the. Uh, uh, I mean, the Senate uh, has a has a fewer close races, but in the house there's 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 so many so many things that because the way the majority works in the house they they've they pushed all these radical bills and so the democrats have gotten out ahead of themselves saying uh, this is what they want to vote for and that's not what the american people want
0: yeah we got about 45 seconds left here, but anything on the slate for the next few months of what they are going to focus on? The voting bill is essentially dead, but what is their next agenda? Is it more budget stuff? Is it more social programs? Is it another stimulus? What's on the slate right now?
1: I think they're going to talk more about uh, uh, continuing to talk about uh, social programs and things that they think they can pass through that. Uh, I know with the, um, uh, there'll be some discussion about abortion rights, particularly with a lot of things going on in. In some of the states and 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 the uh, the upcoming Supreme Court decision that they'll they'll promote that Uh, you know the child tax credits that they've used as a as a way to to do a guaranteed income is probably something that they'll talk a lot about Uh, but but we've we've got to be we've got to look to the future and look to how do we make things fiscally responsible and and how do we get past and through this covid issue and get the economy booming
0: again yeah it's a work in progress i know you guys are working on it god bless you my friend we love having you on the show it's congressman ron estes from the fourth district of kansas let's do this again real soon congressman
2: all right
1: great thank you andy
0: hey appreciate it much Lots coming up here on the show vince ellison coming up right around the corner stay here
1: When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier.
0: I tell you, show flying right on by today. Good golly. Welcome back into it. Halfway through, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time all over the place. Multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming, podcasting. Welcome again to the OpsLens family. The OpsLens stream going on right now, also on the OpsLens app. O P S L E N S. You can find them, OpsLens, OpsLens OpsLens.com as well. Lots of great programs on there, and we're live with you guys. So welcome aboard and we appreciate you very much. Thanks again to Congressman Ron Estes, my Congressman here in the 4th District of Kansas, coming on the show in the last half hour, talking about the latest out of Washington, DC. Is it hold on, I gotta check and see, is it still going? It's still going! It's still going. He's two and a half hours in. Those steroids are working, baby. Work it, Joe Biden. How you feeling? How you feeling? I
1: want to be clear. (laughs) I'm not, not
0: going nuts. No, oh, I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Am I too harsh? Am I too harsh? Come on, man! <laughs> Real quickly, I know we got our next guest on the line. Super excited to talk with him. Real quickly, we have got to go back into the uh, the Biden update. Come on, let's go into the Biden basement. Ah, see, there it is. All right, real quickly, he was asked about, a little bit ago, he was asked about his his scorecard going into the midterm elections. Uh, Mitch McConnell says that the election results will be a reflection of your scorecard. What is that one? I think report cards will look pretty good
1: if that's where we're at. But look, the idea that uh, Mitch has been very clear. (laughs) He's going to do anything to prevent Biden from being a success. And I get on with Mitch. I actually like Mitch McConnell. We like one another. He has one straightforward objective. Make sure that there's nothing I do that makes me look good in the the mind, in his mind, with the public at large.
0: And that's okay. I'm a big boy. I've been here before. Well, wow. it's, it's all Mitch McConnell's fault. It's not because your policies are just unpopular. It's, all, it's Mitch McConnell's fault that you are not getting anything done. If you just could have passed the Build Back Better plan, if you just could have created that amnesty for illegal aliens, if you just could have passed that voter rights, quote, and I say that again with air quotes, voting rights bill, a.k.a. centralizing voting laws in the country so you can get rid of any type of voter laws that you don't like, then, uh, yeah, you know, well done. Well done, Joe Biden. This guy, boy, I tell you what, let's get into our next guest talk about some of that and more. What's trending today? Super excited to have this guy, but it's been way too long since we've had this guy on the show. He is the author of his latest book, 25 Lies Exposing Democrats' Most Dangerous, Seductive, Damnable, Destructive Lies, and How to Refute Them. You can find him on the Tweety at Vince Ellison uh, on the Tweety there. It's Vince on the line with us here. Vince, how are you, my friend? Happy New Year.
2: Hey, man, I am doing great. How are
0: you doing? I am living the dream, my friend. It's it's hysterical to watch Biden. Apparently, we're not going to get a a State of the Union this year because he's got nothing to say that was a success. But he did say that he hasn't done a very good job promoting his successes as the first year going into the one-year anniversary of the Biden administration. Uh, Vince, I mean, I don't know what they are, but what are the potential successes of the Biden administration over the last year?
2: I, I can't, you know. Uh, uh, I'm uh, Joe. Joe Biden has just informed I'm not a black man because I didn't vote for him. So, <laughs> you know, I ain't that's, black. That, apparently, <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> that, that's that's one lies, man. Oh my Look, gosh, he, he's got nothing to tell. Uh, he's a he 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 is a failed president because he has failed ideas. Um, I, I wrote the book 25 Lives because people like you and I are out there every day talking to good people who are Democrats and we're just scratching our heads wondering why do you vote for these crazy people, these evil people. Yeah. The declarative statement in my book in the first chapter I uh, say that um, since, the, since the inception in, in 1800 the Democrat Party uh, has mm. a huge institution on the face of this earth from slavery to the Confederacy to a hundred years of Jim Crow where as you know the nineteen sixty five Voting Rights Act was dictated because down south. Yeah. They had intimidated, bribed, and murdered black people and poor white to maintain their power. They stole elections. Systematically it's a historical fact that they stole elections. And you think because they passed the Voting Rights Act, you think they stopped stealing them? Of course, no. yeah. That's what they do. And so now what they're doing, they found out that because of Stockholm Syndrome, you know, if they had been paying attention during the Civil Rights Movement, they would have found out that black people loved them. I mean, they were fighting to use the bathroom beside them, drinks from the same water fountain, go to the same schools with them. These racist Democrats told black people, that we hate you, we want to see you dead, and we don't like your children. So if they had been paying attention, they would have said, well, if these people are doing all this, just to..." You know, if they're going through all of this to to, to to use the bathroom beside us, they're definitely going to vote for us. And I'd be that government. In 1960, when JFK and LBJ ran, who had, who had really, really fought hard against the 1956 um, uh, 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 and 1960 Civil Rights Act, yeah. yeah, black people voted 80% for the Democrat Party. So, and now once they found out that they will vote for them, now they're the same Democrats that burned down churches are now organizing in the the churches and and busting black people to the polls in the churches. The very same Democrat Party that castrated and murdered men because they tried to vote are now busting and paying black men through street money and so to the polls to vote. It it is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Black people. always always
0: yeah well they've done such a good job at positioning themselves like you mentioned to where they act like they care about minority communities when by saying we're going to take care of you we're going to sink all these this money into your community we're going to do all these social programs we're going to do all this stuff creating essentially that glass ceiling to where you don't have an opportunity to really get out of it and you're kind of stuck in that situation i mean this is kind of the opposite i mean we just had martin luther king day just a couple of days ago this is kind of the opposite of the messaging from the martin luther king message wasn't it
2: well, you know, not well, well, not exactly what my my book talks about. Also, we 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 have to turn our backs on 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 that messaging because the messaging is kind of the problem. Yeah. Let me explain. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. I was wondering why these young men were kneeling, you know, Kaepernick and all of them in the in in 2018. I mean, these guys were handsome, they were rich, they were, but they felt, but they were kneeling and they were angry at America. And I asked why. When I visited the Lorraine Motel, they were looping Dr. King to have a dream speech. Mm. And i and it's like what Thomas Wolfe said, you see a thing a thousand times before you see it once. And I heard this speech a thousand times, but this time I heard something that I had not really paid attention to. Dr. King said, 100 years after Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. Yeah. That is a lie. Yeah. I was born free. It gave yeah. me my freedom. And he, 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 he said that we come here to ask, our rights. No. God gave us our unalienable rights. It's this story where Dr. King was down there trying to, uh, trying to integrate a white hotel in in, in, in Tallahassee, Florida. And the police came to arrest him. They asked him, what did he want? And he said, I want my dignity. I hate that story because it implies that another man can give me my dignity. Sure. God gave me my dignity. Muhammad Ali said, you can take anything from me, but you can't take away my dignity. And because of that, a generation of black people grew up believing in victimization. Here's the thing. Darkness and light cannot stand together. You cannot be a victim and be a Christian. They are incompatible. But we were taught that we were victims, and therefore we lost our Christianity. We live in a dystopian inside the black community where we kill one another on an industrial scale. The schools are terrible. The black family is broken. The black economic system is broken. All of it is broken. And it's all because we followed this failed civil rights ideology that doesn't tell us to compete. It tells us to have the Justice Smollett syndrome that says a black man has no value unless he's gotten his ass with by a white man. And I don't buy that. Yeah. And, and my family and I have succeeded in America because we push that away from us. And we compete every day. And we pull good people toward us. We push bad people away. And until we get to a point where we understand that we are not victims, that nonviolence is not a Christian virtue, non-aggression is a Christian virtue. There is no virtue in you and I walking down the street seeing a woman getting raped. And we said, well, we're a Christian and violent, We can't do anything. No. Right. We go to her aid and we hold those men for the police. There's no virtue in you allowing men to rape and beat and kill your children. And because they told that lie about Christianity, so many young black men left it because they believed it was a park religion. And that is a lie. I believe in masculine Christianity and I believe in standing up being a man and being a free man in America.
0: Amen to that. Man, I love it. I love it. You're spot on with this all around. Here's the big question. Are we winning in this argument and are we reaching communities to wake people up again to where they realize, hey, wait a second, I am still in servitude. I am being held back. I am being a, a victim in society. or being told I'm a victim. I don't need to be. I'm going to break away from that mentality and do something. Are we winning that argument?
2: We are. Here in, here in Virginia, my book, 25 Lives, helped change the whole political landscape of this state because people, black and white, Started listening, and and what what I try to do is give conservatives, black, white, whatever, ammunition to go out there and change the minds of many of these liberals that are still hooked. Well, these not so much, but they're conservative, yeah. Christian conservatives that are still voting for the Democratic Party. You know, uh, 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 the Democratic Party aren't aren't after the fallen; they are the fallen, and they're trying to put stumbling blocks between people like me and you in front of us to keep us from helping the people that they are oppressing. Yeah. Just like the old abolitionist movement, how they weren't trying to get Frederick Douglass and Lloyd Garrison. No, they were trying to stop them. They're doing the same thing to you and I. So 25 Lives is ammunition. It is a how-to book. How the party Democrats explain to them that you are engaged and you are working with an evil institution? And they've always been evil. This is the fourth iteration that we've dealt with this evil party, and we've had to defeat them. The first one was slavery. We defeated them. The Confederacy, we defeated them. Jim Crow, we defeat them again. And now America has to beat this atheism and this socialism in this party. Twenty-five miles. us how to do it. It tells us how to break down each and every lie. Lies that say, you know, guns are guns are bad. Uh 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 that that racism is the problem in America. No, racism isn't the problem. It's black male cowardice. Mm. It's always been us being afraid to stand up and, and, and walk and and talk and live as free men. We allow a bunch of Racist bullies come and oppress us for 100
0: years because we wouldn't stand up and fight. Yeah,
2: we can't if do it we anymore. we miss, always fight
0: Vince, we got we got to take a hard break here. Hang on the line. I want to continue this conversation because you are right on. It's 25 lies exposing Democrats' most dangerous, seductive, damnable, destructive lies and how to refute them. We'll continue this conversation when we come back here with Vince Ellison. Stay right here. The voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at whosyourreason.com. Again, whosyourreason.com. Go check it out. Why? contact information at Hoosierreason.com.
1: you're listening to the voice of reason with andy hoosier
0: welcome back into the program thanks for hanging out with us today last few minutes here on the show fastest hour of radio on radio all over the place radio tv live streaming and podcasting multiple stations rocking it 2022 i'm telling you it's gonna be a big year we're rocking out right now with vince ellison author of the book 25 lies exposing democrats most dangerous seductive damnable destructive lies and how to refute them as we look ahead of trying to break the mold how to get rid of that you know that glass ceiling that's been placed upon that uh, the poverty the the servitude essentially still that many in society are still facing because the Democrat Party has put these on here. We're going to take care of you. Don't you worry. Just vote for us. I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Vince, I think that there was maybe a little bit of a shift when Donald Trump was president. Obviously, he didn't get where he needed to, and I think Republicans fail miserably at this by trying to reach out and show conservative values of, hey, this is the American dream. You do have the streets paved with gold. You can do anything you want to do. The, the sky's the limit for your opportunities here in the country. Republicans for a long time, rode off a lot of communities. Donald Trump came out and did say, hey, you've been voting this way for the last 60, 70 years. What do you have to lose by voting for me? And he was able to get some of them, but it wasn't nearly enough. Uh, as we were kind of wrapping up with that last segment, we do have some momentum with people saying, wait, why don't I change this thought process and try something different, don't we?
2: Yeah, it's going to have to come from the White House. It going to have to come from the guys running for president and from the Senate and from guys running for governor because the, the districts are... Uh, uh, now that you know, uh, most of the republicans are very very white conservative districts, and most black people have very very uh, black districts. I mean, most of the black Democrats have black districts, and they don't go in each other. Hmm. The fact that I made the deal uh, and I can go into this—it's in my book—that they don't they don't do that. Sure, but what but what we do—we have to do as citizens what we're supposed to do, and not wait for government to do it. Yes, we are supposed to go out. So when someone comes to you and says you're responsible, a black person tells you that you're responsible for their lives or for their failures, or for something that happened 200 years ago and you owe them some type of reparation, you're supposed to tell them you are a slave looking for a master. Mm. to be your master. If a master goes to the Democrats because they are masters looking for slaves, I am your brother and I will assist you in exercising your freedom as I exercise mine. I will not live in condemnation for you. I will not go into self-hate for you. I will assist you in becoming a free man just as I am a free man. And we will walk together in America as free men and as brothers. If you don't want that, get the hell out of my face (laughs) and go back to your hole and stay there. And if you put your hands on me, I'm going to show you about the Second Amendment.
0: Yeah. Man. (laughs) Amen to that. I love it. One thing that drives me nuts is identity politics and the discussion of identity politics. I hate it. I despise it because it's such a low IQ, low common denominator issue of, you're right, I mean, I'm a victim because of my skin color, my background, my religion, my gender, my sexual orientation. This this divisiveness is absurd, and it, it seems to get worse from the Democrats because that's all they have. That's their entire platform now. Real quickly, we got just about a minute left here. So on Martin Luther King Day, President Biden did come out, and he tried to change the narrative almost to where he almost wanted to replace Martin Luther King with George Floyd is the one to kind of hold up as the icon that we move forward with. Is this the direction the Democrats have gone, and have they really lost their minds this far?
2: Well, they're going to always do it until it stops working. We have to start telling the truth. When Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream that one day my four little children won't be judged by the color of their skin. See, this thing placed us in a condition where we felt inferior about our skin color. No other race has ever said such a thing. You ask not to be judged by something that you're ashamed of. If you saw my car in a mess and dirty and I had been, you know, I just had a, a night out with the kids, because okay? yeah. I'm ashamed of it. When we say that, you know, if you see me, right, and the first thing I say to you when you see me is, hey, man, please don't judge me by the color of my skin. You're going to say, oh, God, that's a problem. <laughs> because I'm telling you that I'm ashamed of my skin color right. and we have our children reciting this all over America and black children feel ashamed and white children feel like they're an oppressor and this is where critical race theory comes in they want white children to hate themselves the way they taught black children to hate themselves and once they do that black white people start killing each other the way that black people are killing one another whenever they're in close proximity to each other this is why it has to stop yeah. this whole mindset of us being genderless, colorless, choosing your pronouns, teaching us to be nothing in that except subhuman. We are different, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're white, I'm black, and there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Being black is part of my story. Being out of yours, we can sit down over a beer and talk about it and tell funny stories, but it doesn't mean anything that one is better than the other. Exactly. And I don't have to ask you to not judge me by it.
0: That's what it's all about. I'm telling you. And like you said, doing it at that individual level, the local level, making yourself better, the community better, not waiting on the government to do it for us. That's what it's all about, my friend. I love you to death. It's Vince Ellison, 25 Lies of the Book. We appreciate it so much, brother. We're going to get you back on the show again here real soon. That's it for the show. Podcast up in a little bit. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow for a Friday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you.